today's reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans goes into the heart of the gospel. As you know, St. Paul wrote a letter to the Romans because the Roman community at that time was not founded by him. And so he wrote this very lengthy letter in which he gives the full teachings of what Christianity is all about, especially to the Gentile Christians who were living in Rome. Prior to 19, uh, 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 year 49, prior to 19, not 19, but year 49, uh, what happened is there were many Christians who came from various parts of, of Palestine, whether they were Greek background or Jewish background, many came to Rome at that time and they formed a Christian community by themselves. So what we have here is in Rome, we have Christians who are there, but it was also in the year 49, there was a decree that was given by the emperor, which, which uh, kicked out all the Jewish people from Rome. And there was a reason is there was a struggle, I would imagine, and this was written over a, a person named Christus, which is Christ. So there was a difficulties at that time between Christians who were Gentile Christians and also Jewish Christians. And what St. Paul realized was that many of those who became Christians because of the, as they were known as Judaizers, those who wanted them first, Christians would have to become Jewish first and then subsequently uh, then they could build on the top of the Jewish traditions and Jewish covenant. But at any rate, St. Paul writes in very clear, a very clear type of um, letter to, to the people, to the Christians in Rome. And first of all, in that first letter, in the first words, opening words, he spoke of the gospel that he is a slave, he's a servant of Christ, He's the one who, who brings this gospel because he was given. He was endowed with this gospel. It's not from him. It comes from God himself. And then he goes, as you remember, those who rejected God. And he says, people who reject God, then they, and then they bring upon themselves error, misjudgment, uh, you know, all kinds of evil that comes from that because God is the one who's the very source of our holiness, of, uh, is the source of knowledge, of the truth, because without God, we enter into all kinds of error and all kinds of um, destructive ideologies. All these things are coming from there. And because the reason we, when we reject God, we become, we create idols for ourselves and it can be anything. That, that, that it may be, and we kind of enforce people to accept our idols. But anyway, today, St. Paul speaks so clearly as to the, the nature of sin, faith, and also the law, the law of the covenant. And so the universal truth, which St. Paul says, is that all have sinned, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. No human being on this earth, which Paul, St. Paul says very clearly, is exempt from the consequences of the original sin. All of us, being uh, our parents who have sinned, Adam and Eve, and they have sinned, they have listened to the voice of the tempter, 
distrusted God, and as a result, the consequences is human sin entered into the world, and, and then all of us are participants and, and uh, live the consequences of that sin. So therefore, not only, uh, not only uh, Adam and Eve, but also all of us share in the sinful tendencies. The church speaks often of what even for all of us who are baptized, because we were baptized to remove the original sin, but there's still a leftover uh, known, is known as called concupiscence, which is the predisposition to sin, even though it has been eliminated, but the wound of the original sin is still with us. And so therefore we always are prone to sin, prone to the reality. And for St. Paul, he basically says very clear and he says, there's no way, even if we ourselves, in our human way, wish to gloss over, you know, sometimes we just want to even admit to ourselves that we're, that we're sinners. We don't want to admit, or at least we wanted to say, okay, we'll kind of justify the, the reality of sin. But if we look at ourselves down deep, we know there's something not right. There's something that we have done which is not of God. And our conscience, if it was formed properly, would, would, would kind of accuse us that, you know, that what we've done, this is not right. We should make up for that. Sometimes we don't have the courage to even admit it, but sometimes we don't have the courage to admit to someone else. Part of the gift that God has given to us is a gift of confession. And, and he gives us not only the gift of knowledge of who we are, but the ability to say to the Lord, I'm sorry, or the ability to say to one another that we have transgressed against. So now, as we know, Adam ate from that tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, because the evil one tempted him. But we have to realize that today too, we, um, we wish to call the shots, not God, but we wish to call the shots what is good and what is evil. And, and especially in our culture today, look what we are doing, calling things which are evil, good, and, and the good things, we always seem to question it. And, uh, and, and, and this is part of that sin now. But we do have also the gift of conscience. God has given us the ability to recognize you know, the sinfulness, recognize even if it is maybe not completely fully for, formed properly, but we do have a sense of what is right, what is just. And even, you know, we see people who, who um, admit even decades later, you know, to their crime because their, their heart just accuses them that what they've done wrong is they want to admit the wrong that they've done. Now, uh, but there's one thing here which St. Paul says to us is that we, we may have some knowledge, we may have even a knowledge of what we should do following the law of Moses, following the Ten Commandments, but St. Paul says to us is that our knowledge of the Ten Commandments does not make us faithful to the Ten Commandments. Our knowledge of the Ten Commandments can only tell us, okay, we are so weak, so actually, what the commandments do to us is that we realize our brokenness, our sinfulness, our limitations. And so the commandments themselves, you know, if we try to even strive to, to accomplish them, it's not possible for us. But what's possible for us is our faith in Jesus, 
our confidence in him. And it's not just a faith. I say, okay, Lord, I receive this gift from you. I believe that you are the Lord. I believe that you're a savior. I believe that you can do all these things for me. But I have to now live, live that faith. I have to live that faith. It's, it's not, not enough for me to say I believe. It has to, I have to make that faith my own, concrete. And so I have to adjust my life. You know, I can't do these things. If I am truly, uh, uh, you know, a follower of Christ, I can't do those things. But then I try not to do it, and then I'm not capable. I still fall short. How many times people make resolutions, great resolutions at the beginning of the year, or they promise even when they go to confession, I promise not to fall back into my sinful, sinful life. And, and they find themselves almost impossible because of the addictions, because of all kinds of other things, the influences upon us. And so the only one who has the power is, the power is the gift from Christ himself. He gives us, but we have to say yes. We have to say, help me. You have to call out to him. You have to cry out to him and he will grant us the grace. Slowly we're able to, to remove those things, not because we are able to do it, but because in his power, he's able to do, to do so for us. He forgives us because he loves us. He forgives us even when we're not able to, to accomplish immediately things. And so, so Saint for St. Paul says, is our faith, the fire of faith, by the blood of Christ, by his suffering and death. He, is the, he was the one who was able to not only forgive our sins, but he's the one who is able to help us to overcome the sin that we, that we, are, we are trapped in. And it's not, and if we are able to do so in faith, that there's no reason for boasting. He says, why? Because the, but because the reason is that the minute we take our eyes off the Lord, we fall right back into it. So there's really no, there's no possibility for us to even be proud that I have accomplished everything, I was able to do everything, because we live um, and, and we are a contingent being because we rely on God. We don't have existence of our own. We didn't create ourselves. God has given us life through our parents and we don't have the capacity to sustain ourselves either. You know, the way the body is made, we rely on, on, on one another, care for one another. We have to help each other because we can't survive. And God gave us this gift of one another to help us to, 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 um, to live in a way um, which is not only according to our basic needs of existence, but also that we help one another so that we may be uh, able to even respond to God. God gives us the gift of faith. It is a gift because sometimes people say, how come so-and-so is filled with this incredible gift of faith? And somebody else says, you know, I don't think I have faith. I'm not too sure why. And again, you know, God is the giver of the gifts, but we have to ask him because he gives us the freedom there was a young, young um, student, she was 17, maybe close to, she was a senior in high school, which I don't think she was 18 yet. And I used to uh, give retreats to, to uh, high school students. And, and uh, one of the students that came for this retreat was someone who did not believe in God. 
who was an atheist. And, and the reason she came to this retreat is because her friend said, why don't you come? You know, we've got nothing to lose. We have time we can just spend, you know, we can, we can, you can do whatever you wish. And, and, you know, you don't have to worry about participating in everything. And so she came along and, and you know, young people often, as you know, come to confession late. So I would have to, you know, um, they can't get up in the morning, but they're quite alive, you know, around 10, 11 o'clock at night. And so I started hearing confessions around, it was like about 8, 8.30 maybe. And I, you know, the young people were coming and coming to this confession. And finally about 11.30, uh, there was like a break for about, you know, five minutes. And I said, okay, we'll wait a couple more minutes and I'll, I'll see if it's done. And so this, this young, young person comes and she says, you know, Father, I don't know why I came to this retreat because I don't believe, I don't believe. Uh, I don't even know why I came here to talk to you, but I just want to talk to you, just tell you that I don't believe. And, and, and so, and I said to her, I said, do you want to believe? And there was a kind of long pause in silence and she said, um, I guess so. Uh, I said, if you really want to believe, God will give you the grace, but you have to ask him for the gift of faith. And she says, well, if I do ask, do you think I will get it? Because I'm not really interested. You know, and it was like a dialogue between the two of us. I said, I know that, that God who has revealed himself in, and, and who has revealed himself to us and Jesus who gave up his life for us, I know that he will grant you. I know that he'll grant you. I, I, have, I am completely sure, I'm 100% sure that if you ask for the gift of faith, that he'll grant you. I have not seen her because that was the last time, it was like, it was towards the end of the year, so I do not know what happened to her. But I can tell you this much, I have complete confidence that God has heard her prayer. If she spoke genuinely, and at, during this, you know, 11:30 at night, I said, I said to her, just go, go to a quiet place because there's still there's a lot of noise there. Young people are not asleep yet. He says, find a quiet place and just talk to him, because he's real and he'll hear you. And and I know I know that God gives the gifts, not only because sometimes He gives us without even we ask, asking for it through our parents or through our loved ones. We receive this gift. Because you know, it's the parents who, when we were baptized, when we were ch children, they say on our behalf, or the godparents who say it on our behalf, and and so 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 that you know this this gift is given to us. But sometimes when we're teenagers, often enough, we have to reaffirm again that gift. We have to say to him, because otherwise we may kind of lose it. We may not be able to to, especially under strong pressure of of other young people, strong pressure of our secular culture, or kind of trying to remove God from every place and, and you know, introduce different types of ways which are contrary to our Christian faith. And that, you know, many young people do lose it. But you know what? But we, those who have this gift, and you are all of us here, we believe that we have to ask for the faith for others. Sometimes they may not be able to ask themselves that we ask, and we know that God also hears us. You know, this is this Monica's and all the other Monica's in the world, the mothers who are asking for the faith for their children. 
you know, and, and many tell me, and I repeat myself all the time because this is something so important. I say, I say to them, you prayed already a year or two or you know, five years, don't worry. Invest in prayer, pray for 20 years and you'll make your children saints. Okay, invest in prayer, don't ever, don't ever give up. Doesn't matter whether, you know, the more Monica prayed, the worse Augustine got, which means that if she said, okay, prayer doesn't work, it doesn't work because the more I pray, the worse it gets. And this is why sometimes parents tell me, I've been doing this, I've been praying, I don't know what happened, you know, to my children, and, but I've been praying, but nothing. Looks like God is not responding, God is not saying anything to me. I don't have any confidence that such a thing will happen. But we have to do is this, no, our confidence is in God. He's the one who has overcome sin. He has overcome our brokenness. He has overcome everything. He's trustworthy. He will help us. He does hear our prayer. He will respond in grace. He will give us the Holy Spirit to sustain us so that we may be able to pray for 20 or 25 years. But, but I, have, I have concrete witnesses of people who have done that. I have not only St. Monica, I know also of, of a young woman who prayed for her sister. Her sister, when she was 15, got into drugs. By 16, she ran away from home. And for the next uh, 20 years, literally, she was completely away. She was so drugged up, parents did not know where she was, sometimes for a couple of years even. And this young, her younger sister kept on praying and doing adorations and kept on praying. And then sometimes at the age of 36, she comes back home after living wherever. She was abused terribly, you know, because she was both on drugs and, and in these types of gangs. And she comes back at the age of 36 as though nothing happened. She didn't go through rehabs, she didn't go through anything. She comes back home, she got a good job, she got married, she started taking care of her parents. And it's just an incredible witness, an incredible witness to the power of prayer. I, I just have to tell you, I was so, so amazed. That's what her sister, older sister did. She should have been, her brain was fried. She was, she have been holding on to all kinds of wounds and everything else, but it wasn't there. The power of prayer. And that younger sister who did adorations in the church, she, was, she would go to church and she had a key because the pastor said, you gotta, I'm not gonna wait up until you end your prayers. So she said, you lock the church when you leave because she was, she was just a, someone who would spend hours and hours in prayer for her sister because she loved her and she was so afraid. Sometimes as she told me, you know, I, I didn't hear for her for almost two years now and so worried whether she's alive or dead, she would not know. The power of prayer and the gift that God gives, as St. Paul says, it all comes from him. The gift of faith, the gift of love, the gift of hope, the gift of the power to overcome sin, that which we're able to do, because it is in him that we have. And this is why the whole message of divine mercy is as Jesus revealed, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you. Blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. That prayer, powerful prayer. May we always remember, and especially at three o'clock hour, Jesus says, pray for those 
for the sinners, for those who, are, who do not believe, those who do not are able to respond to God. We have the Lord and he promises us all. May we place our confidence in him, our faith in him, so that we may obtain the divine blessings, the divine transforming, sanctifying grace for, for us so that we may share the glory of God, to share in his eternal life of happiness. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.